This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. But we're reacting probably well. We play so good with the ball and without. And, uh, and after 10 against 11, things can happen. And after equalize, but the game was good. So we were focused. The players, of course, everybody was concerned all around the world. No one here, but the players were focused. Yesterday they trained really well and they make another good, incredible performance. We are so close. Yeah. We need two more games, one draw. And uh, yeah, just now focusing on the two games, like uh, final Carabao Cup and Champions League and after Crystal Palace. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Pep Guardiola and Man City, they are so close now to being Premier League champions. It's me, Ross. It's a Friday evening. What a week it's been, eh? Hey, hey. Oh, whew, it's truth. Uh, I tell you what, let me just introduce the guys and, and we'll get on with it. Because as you know, plenty to talk about. So welcome, Bob Holmes. Hi, uh, Ross. Thanks for having me. I am old enough to like football. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Marias is also here. He's barely out of diapers. Oh, what a week of, uh, of nonsense. Uh, <laughs> overshadowed a few things, but yeah, can't wait to get into it on the show. That's a radio-friendly swear word, isn't it? Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Des Corkill also joins us. Hello, Des. Hello, guys. And um, for 15 years, I've been saying it's obscene what is going on. Football, obscene wages, obscene, obscene, obscene. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, you can tweet at BFM Radio. Also follow us uh, on social media. It's BFM Football on uh, Instagram and on Facebook as well. Or if you want, find us individually on, on Twitter. So we will start off with the ESL mess. Uh, we'll clear that up. It, it was, if you've been on planet Mars, then you wouldn't have heard about it. But the European Super League died a death on Tuesday. And um, a few questions to, to ask the gentleman here about the European Super League. I'm, I'm going to come to you first, Bob Holmes, and, and say, do the dirty dozen, those 12 want-away clubs, do they need to be punished? Yes, definitely. Uh, you can't allow members of a club or a family or any organization to go to those sort of lengths, a total takeover, uh, without some uh, punishment. I mean, I accept the argument that we still have to live with them and you should keep your enemies close. But they, they have shown that they are the enemies of football. Not Jose Mourinho, by the way. <laughs> Those six. Uh, what they planned was absolutely outrageous. Now, can, can it, I just butt in here and, and say, when, when we talk about punishment, you can't, I don't think you can legally, the EPL couldn't punish the six English clubs because it didn't affect the EPL. So we're talking UEFA punishment here, Bob, are we? Yes. Well, I think they can do it. I mean, we've seen that they, they can ban clubs uh, from games. They can ban them for a season. I mean, they've got to be very careful how they go about this because it could be counterproductive. Um, but, and there are a lot of people involved here who don't deserve to be punished, mainly the players and the manager and just about everybody else at those clubs who didn't know anything about it. It's just the top guys. So you've got, I think it's got to be legislation. You've got to make sure they can't do this again, but to just to welcome them back and say, okay, we'll, we'll get on with it. You know, I don't think you can just accept that. They've got to be told and other people also, if they had any ideas for the future, they've got to be very clear about this. They cannot do this. They cannot get away with this. I think that's the big message. And it has given football an opportunity to get some of its house in order. Yeah. It's a heaven sent opportunity. While these guys are on the ropes or even on the canvas, I think this is the time to really nail them and make sure that this nonsense cannot be repeated. That's, that's the opportunity. And, and they can do a lot more besides a lot of other things we can no doubt discuss more fan friendly um, 
operation altogether for the game. This is the moment to do it. There's never been a better chance. Yeah, I mean, the big picture is the, these super clubs, in inverted commas, are, are currently unhappy with the situation. So, all right, um, Craig, let me come to you, because you're the youngest one here. Would the, <laughs> would the ESL have worked? Do you reckon the young would have embraced Real Madrid against Liverpool in, in midweek and, and Man United against Barcelona on, on a regular basis? Um, well, that's the thing. It will be on a regular basis. Uh, and I think, you know, why we look forward to the Champions League in midweek is because the unpredictability of it. So, you know, yes, we'd love to see United, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Barcelona, you know, um, every week. But after a while, don't you get bored of it? I mean, you, you look at these games and yes, it, it those kind of big games you love to see at the latter stages of a competition, um, when there's something to fight for, there's a lot more on the line. I mean, the danger of this would have been um, if those uh, teams were allowed to still continue to play domestically and, and the Premier League, you know, just and La Liga were, were accepting of it. Um, the, the danger would have been, uh, well, maybe we can put our reserves out in the Premier League and, and play our strongest team in the yeah, ESL. Because it's less, less prize money there, right? So, <laughs> Well, more, more prize money in the ESL and, and less yeah. in the Premier League, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and you could see that happening. I mean, tr- uh, essentially treating your domestic league um, as, a, as a reserve league or, um, you know, it'll be another reason to, you know, increase squad sizes and obviously wages will go up. And uh, I mean, it was just absolute nonsense. I mean, your bread and butter is your domestic league. That I mean, that, that's it. You know, every team would want to win the Premier League first and then a European Cup. I mean, I can't, I can't stress how important the domestic competitions is. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and for these and for these teams to actually think that they could, you know, get away with something like this, and and where where's where's the essence of competition in this? I mean, you talk about the big six. I mean, I think you know it goes without saying. Why are Spurs and Arsenal in that top six, super six, or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, big I'm, six. How how do they qualify? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's a joke. I mean, just because they have more money. Okay. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. You can see if, if the ESL were, was to run two, what, one, two seasons down, they can literally pick and choose clubs they want. Next year, they can go, oh, do you know what? We fancy Leeds United. They got a bit of money. Well, so, that's the thing. And yeah. So, they had three clubs that were meant to join them as well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. They, they were going to choose. I, I saw the format. The idea was 10 teams in two groups and then the top four qualify. And yeah, it's craziness. So there's Corkill. How do we prevent this nonsense from ever happening again? I'm not sure you can. Um, uh, being very obtuse about this, I've been complaining and complaining, complaining as a lone voice about the avarice. And this was inevitability. This something of this kind was always going to happen. And it, I understand exactly why it's going to happen. You look at the, the TV ratings and it is these top 12 teams who dominate their TV ratings, and they're kind of saying, hey, we need, we need more of the, the, the money that is, is, is a wash in football. It was UEFA who, uh, who were the main ones, um, who, who, uh, that, that's the main threat to, to the Champions League. But the Champions League just slipped through. They put in something not too dissimilar. Yeah. It is dissimilar. But this week, UEFA have kind of given a, a coefficient, two coefficient spots to teams who would not automatically have qualified for the Champions League. So you could come sixth or seventh and still mm. qualify. You tell me what's different there. So all the angst is about the money that UEFA are losing. I, I was I, delighted to see the on-ground reaction um, that's caused all, all the mayor culpas. But it is protesting too late. Uh, any legislation should have happened years ago. Mm. Uh, when, when uh, as billionaires don't buy into inner city Liverpool because they've got the, the best interests of inner city Liverpool at heart. Billionaires buy in because they see an opportunity to make money and nothing was done at the time. We're still talking Saudi, um, um, uh, Saudi state buying into Newcastle United. You, you're too late, everybody. You're yeah. too late. If you're going to protest, protest 15 years ago, but you're too late. 
I, well, I, I, I don't think they're quite too late. I think this is, uh, this is the last-minute goal. This is the Fergie time goal, if you like. Mm. This has presented football with an opportunity to uh, level things up a bit. Uh, it, it'll never be perfect. It's never going to be a level playing field. But now these guys are reeling. They, uh, the Football League and the UEFA, have this opportunity to pass legislation to prevent this happening. I mean, as it is to uh, join, if a club member of the Premier League wants to join another competition, they have to seek permission from the other members. Now, you know, they didn't do that, but they thought they could get away with it because they were so powerful. But now, now that's collapsed. You, you've got to stiffen up that legislation with really draconian penalties and they won't do it. Yeah. Okay. So here's my big thing. FIFA need to need to um, authorize everything. FIFA never came out against this. Yeah. That was that was that was the big uh, one of the big things for me. FIFA said, "Oh yes, we we're looking after the integrity," but they never came out and they've never said anything actually about these clubs. So I think uh, with, without um, without FIFA getting getting involved, um, then. You, you can do these things. You can organise breakaway leagues. And it has happened before, Bob, in Colombia, where, where players went off. And it, did, it wasn't quite the same, same draconian thing. It was draconian then. Uh, sorry, um, uh, such a breakaway. It wasn't such a big thing as it is now. But it's happened before. And um, FIFA, FIFA can sanction. Uh, it's not about UEFA. It's not about the English Premier League. So it can happen. And, and just, like, just, just to add to Colombian. this, Ross, quickly, if we have a bit of time. I mean, I think... You know, yes, you know, there, there, there are there are things that are going to come into play over the next year or two, I think, to prevent something like this happening, um, which I can foresee. But I think what we also saw was the power of the fans. Mm -hmm. and, and, and player power. Yeah. And player power as well. Yeah. Management, player and fans. And that was what I called for. When this was announced on, on Sunday night, this is what I, I said. The only thing that can stop this are players because they're... They're Absolutely. essentially going to be the Absolutely. product. You know, if, if if the top players, you know, say, well, I can't represent my country. Why should I play in this yeah. Super Can League? Can you imagine and, and entire various... Liverpool Man United squad just saying, no, what, you're going to go yeah. and buy entire new squads to play? This? Yeah, no, it was always going to... Okay, right. Um, let, let's leave it there. I, I, last thing to say about it is Premier League can't complain because these six owners of the English clubs are fit and proper. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Real Madrid president Florentino Perez oh. promises to keep working on the project. He's I still think going on. Well, I think it's because he's already actually bought some stationery, printed stuff, and you know. <laughs> so, well, we know uh, got the legality of about... European law courts. Uh, that, that, so they, they can't. The Super League itself cannot be sanctioned because they've got uh, the authorization of the European Court of Law. Yeah, they've, they've done their homework. Yeah. yeah. They got it wrong, but they, they've done their business homework. Definitely. Yeah, they've done, exactly. They've done some of their homework. The massive bit, which was reaction, and the people who matter, they just ignored. All right. The, the biggest thing the dog for Real Madrid homework. and Barcelona here is the fact that they're in debt heavily. Well, they yeah, need that, this to go through. And, and they need I, this to I go through. I think there was a quote anything. attributed to Perez saying, Clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid can't afford to buy Mbappe without the European Super League. My initial yeah. reaction was, so? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's about to offer David Alaba £400,000 a week to join them. There you go. All right, I tell you what, let's put this to bed for now. Um, let's... We're, 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 the break is creeping up on us. Uh, lots of football happened over the midweek. Um, obviously, it was all played in some kind of mood. It was weird. But Man City, professional as ever, we've got to highlight the fact that they went to Aston Villa, potential banana skin. Um, they won. They won 2-1. They're now 11 points clear of Manchester United. John Stones... Uh, didn't have the best of games in front of Gareth Southgate. Picked up a red card, but Phil Foden, Bob Holmes, the shining light. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Uh, fulfilling all the promise we uh, we thought he had. Uh, a little bit worrying about John Stones from an English point of view. Uh, these errors that are starting to creep back into his game. Um, I don't think he's had a game now. Last four or five games, there's been something. Um, 
this uh, this time he got a red card well two yellows um and uh he's been misplacing passes he's been letting uh opponents get past him as if he isn't there and it's uh, very inopportune with the euros coming up right in front of gareth southgate of all people uh so he's by no means a certainty uh Stones was considered to be a rock, but um, it's disintegrating. Uh, Phil Foden, Phil Foden, yes, um, what a player, and he's a goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's um, you know, he, he wasn't really thought of as that much of a goal scorer. I mean, he scores, he scored the odd goal, you know, but he's quite a regular scorer, and that's a tremendous asset to have. For a player who's not an out-and-out striker, I mean, you know, so I think he's uh, he's got to be in the team. There's no question. Squad, he's he's already in the squad, but he's got to be in the team that Gareth, Gareth uh, Southgate picks for the first game. Well, Guardiola's already said uh, um, Foden's becoming a very important Man City player. All right, going into the break, uh, some of the other games played on Monday: Leeds one, Liverpool one. Uh, on Tuesday, Chelsea nil, Brighton nil. Nobody wants that third spot. Uh, on Wednesday, Ryan Mason's first game in charge of Tottenham. Spurs 2, Southampton 1, team picked by Daniel Levy. And on Thursday night, <laughs> Friday morning, Leicester City 3, West Brom nil. We'll cover those in more detail when we preview the weekend. For now, we're going into our first break has come up with uh, something beyond ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if he'd make a difference. Tell you what, he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, Craig Marias here on a weekend where we're going to try and redirect our concentration back on the football because there's a lot of good football happening this weekend. There's the Carabao Cup final, which Jose won't win for Tottenham. <laughs> That's coming up. We'll talk about that later. Um, scattered league program as well. There is a Friday night game. That's where we will start. Arsenal in ninth against Everton in eighth. Both teams looking to make this late charge into the Premier League's top four. It is the final stretch of the season. Now, the Gunners coming off, uh, what, a draw against Fulham, which they really celebrated last time out. Uh, Everton, not in great form. No win in six. Des Corkill. Uh, how do you see this one going? Uh, but despite that, uh, no win in six. They've got a game in hand. They're only four points off uh, seventh place, which is only two points off fourth place. Uh, it's going to be a, a really a fun sprint to the line. Um, remarkably, Everton are still in there, still celebrating their three titles so far this year. Um, if they can get everybody fit and if they can get everybody ready and everybody focused, you never know. They're, they're running slightly more difficult than, 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 than the other teams, but we're, we're seeing crazy results. Yeah. We, we saw Brighton holding Chelsea. Um, in fact, Brighton could, could easily have beaten Chelsea. <laughs> This crazy season, it wouldn't, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Everton could get into the, the, uh, the, the, the top six. Um, we said before the game against Tottenham, that was a season decider for both of them. They drew, but then results went their way because Liverpool drew. Um, West, West Ham obviously had their defeat. This is all about who's, who's, who's ready for it. And Everton have got the squad or a, 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 a starting 11 plus a, a couple of others on the bench to be able to string four or five wins together. Um, yeah, possible. Possible for Everton. With Bramley Moore and everything and the craziness, don't count it out. Yeah, both Arsenal and Everton are, are going to be shorn of firepower up front. Uh, Everton, hopefully, they, they, they're hoping to get Dominic Calvert-Lewin fit for something, maybe even from the bench. For Arsenal, um, we know uh, Lacazette is out, hobbled off. We know Aubameyang is still recovering from malaria. Craig Marais. So Nketiah could start up front for Arsenal, which is not a bad thing, really. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, is is <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hasn't really lived up to his potential. Um, the, the early promise that we saw from him uh, when he came back um, on loan from Leeds um, and, you know, 
played a played a played a decent role for for Arsenal um, last season, the second half of the season, um, and we thought you know Arsenal really got got a good striker on here. He hasn't really kicked on this season. You know, hasn't made enough appearances. Um, hasn't been able to force his way ahead of either Lacazette or Bama Young in that central striker role. Um, but he seems to me like he he's going to be one of those impact players off the bench uh, for me um, at, for the rest of his career. You know, I don't really see him leading a line. I don't think he's got that quality. He knows how to finish. There's no doubt about him. But can he do that over 90 minutes when chances come to him? I'm not so sure. Um, but he is a very young player. You know, he's still got a lot of time to mature into that position. Uh, but for now, I think Arteta himself uh, sees him as an impact player coming off the bench if they really need as well. Um, don't forget, they've also got the option of Martinelli up front. Yeah, uh, We saw him before his serious injury um, and, and how well he did um, over there. So, um, yeah, that, that's another possibility. I do expect them to rush Aubameyang possibly um, for this one. I think he's been out for for, for over a week now, maybe two weeks uh, with malaria. So he could be um, back in contention. But it is a, it is a problem for Arsenal um, in the sense that, yeah, there's probably nothing to, to, to fight for. But like Des says, you know, the last, um, was it six games for, for them? You know, there they, they could be something on the offer if teams above them continue to drop points. So you just never know, you know, even if it was, you know, the Europa League or something like that, you know, they might be able to sneak it. Don't forget, they're still in Europe as well. So, you know, they're going to consider that. That's another way to the Champions League for them. So expect them to throw everything at that. Um, but yeah, um, Nick Enketia, uh, not really for me. Um, probably fancy Martinelli a little bit more. All right. Um, Kieran Tierney and David Luiz are, are missing from the Arsenal defence. So, Granit Xhaka will probably continue at left-back. Yeah, you can see the faces. Yeah. This is radio, but they're all pulling funny faces. For for uh, Ancelotti and Everton, uh, They'll if, if Calvert-Lewin doesn't make it, it would probably mean Gilfie Sigurdsson and James Rodriguez trying to create chances for Richarlison up front. It is the 3 a.m. kickoff, Arsenal in ninth against Everton in eighth. The early kickoff on Saturday is Liverpool against Newcastle, seventh against 15th. Uh, Bob Holmes, Newcastle, actually, they, they, they travel in good health. They're looking to pull further away from the relegation zone. Uh, they've got a bit of a buffer now, so they're not going to... When we saw this fixture a few weeks ago, we thought... Oh, that Newcastle running, they could be in big trouble, but not so much now, this weekend. No, uh, I think they're safe, actually. Now, uh, West Brom uh, losing last night, um, playing very poorly, uh, suggests that they're, they're down and uh, Fulham as well. So uh, I, th- I think this should be a, uh, a comfortable win for Liverpool. I'd just like to say what a pity it is there won't be fans there, because can you imagine what the cop would be saying uh, about this? I mean, I know it's, it's over now, but they would like to make their voices heard. I'd love to read the banners. I thought the banner of the week was the Chelsea one, by the way. We love our cold nights in Stoke. Yeah, I, I thought that. I thought that was one the Americans wouldn't yeah. wouldn't quite get somehow. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that Chelsea celebration. I saw that Chelsea celebration on the news with the volume down. I thought they were celebrating the draw. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but getting back to Liverpool uh, and getting back to the Super League, unfortunately, but. Uh, I think John Henry has now uttered uh, one apology too many uh, or made one mistake too many more accurately. I don't think he's going to be forgiven for this. He's been forgiven for a few others, quite a few uh, ticket prices, uh, trying to market the name of the city, uh, furloughing staff during the COVID thing. I'm sure Des can think of a few more. But um, each time he's apologized, you know, grovelingly. But you have to ask, how many more times is he going to come up with some outrage, some complete cock-up, which in every case, it's against the very ethos of the club he owns. He's been there for 10 years. He's won everything. You'd think he'd know better, but he clearly doesn't. And I think he's 
there's no way back for him. And the, uh, this is Anfield, one of the most influential websites, had an editorial saying, we're all FSG out now. And that's the feeling in Liverpool. Yeah, I, I think that's the feeling across all the, the big six in England as well, as far as the fans are concerned. But back to this game, Liverpool, I would put as favourites. But if Newcastle are going to hurt Liverpool, Des Corkill, it's going to be through San Maximan, isn't it? He's the bright, shining light that they have. It is. Plus, they, they've, uh, they can play with a little bit of freedom now because I, I think... Uh... They are safe. Those two wins against, um, was it Burnley and, and the 3-2 over West, West Ham, the crazy one, that's got them that, that, that little bit of, bit of a gap. Uh, Liverpool, to me, looked very strangely leggy in the second half against It's Lee. Jordan Henderson missing. That's why. Well, well there's, there's, there's quite a few missing, but I'm not allowed to actually look at, look at injuries. Otherwise, people say it's, it's whinging. Um, but <laughs> but they they looked leggy. Leeds outran them, and I would have thought that um, with with the focus, as Jurgen Klopp has said, there are it's, it's cup finals every every week from now on. I expect Liverpool to be a a little bit more threatening and to concede a goal from a set play three minutes from time, having defended so well. Gosh, that could really come back to hurt. So this is very very important for for Liverpool. Luckily, it looks like they are finding their feet again and they, they actually scored in the first half, which was uh, remarkable. So, um, yeah, I would think Liverpool are, are favourites for this. Um, there won't be any flags on the, on the cop. I think uh, the, the, there is, there is, um, uh, the, the fans are, are making their protest unheard that way, which is which is. They've requested one. to get them all taken down, haven't they? Yeah, they have, they have. And I'm not quite sure I, I agree with Bob. don't think everybody's against John Henry. I think... Uh, uh, the, there is a, a certain amount of sympathy. It's split, but there's a certain amount of sympathy in, in Merseyside saying that uh, of, all, of all the 12, he is the one who came out with the mayor culpa, and it was a remarkable mayor culpa. He's taken it on the chin. Uh, he's a billionaire trying to make money in a working-class area, and, but he's bringing success, or he's brought success, and he's, um, he's done it with... Of all, if there is a social conscience amongst those billionaires, I think John Henry is the man who's got it. And then... And the big argument coming out is, OK, so FSG leave. Then who comes in to replace them? Will it be better or will it be worse? Of course, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. He's in for a club. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's um, of course, we really want him. him to be. <laughs> I can, I, can I just say that uh, an illustration of the strength of feeling, Bill Shankly's grandson has asked for his statue to be removed from Anfield. Wow. There is feeling, but it's split. It is split, Bob. I, I've I've been reading uh, both both sides of it, and, and and the the argument they do do is okay. So who comes in? Because somebody's got to replace them. Okay, going into the break with a quick word from Craig. Craig can uh, hot striker of the moment Joe Linton make it two and <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm going to back Des on this. You know, I think um, Liverpool will obviously favor, uh, be favourites. Um, but like I said, you know, a, a fully fit St. Maximum, he never is. Yeah. But, you know, I think he limped off in the last game as well. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, if they get him fit, then, then they're always going to be a threat. Um, I don't think uh, Liverpool are great defensively anyway. So, um, yeah, I think he'll be licking his lips. But like I said, you know, everything around Newcastle surrounds St. Maximum for me. If they get him fit and playing, they've always got a chance. If they don't, then sorry for me. Craig's actually speaking in code. What he means is Kabak and Phillips need to be tight on Joe Linton. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the early Saturday kickoff. Liverpool against Newcastle is Saturday, 7.30pm. We're off for another break. Back right after this. Lovely football. Speed of that passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Craig Marias on this lovely Friday evening. Looking forward to the evenings or the weekends football, rather. Tweet at BFM Radio. Find us all individually on Twitter. Um, follow us on social media as well. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And because it's Friday, it means we have a video out. Do check out YouTube and, and search TFIF on video. We talk about all things Spanish, Italian, and German. 
on there. Right, on with the weekend's EPL. Of course, the Carabao Cup final is also happening this weekend. But uh, some big Premier League matches. Fifth takes on fourth on Sunday at half past midnight. That's West Ham against Chelsea. Two sides uh, locked on the same number of points going into this one. Chelsea just edging it on goal difference. This is where we separate the men from the boys, don't we, Bob Holmes? <laughs> yes. Um, no love lost between these two clubs uh, at the best of times. Um, and uh, an awful lot to uh, play for here. So this, this could be uh, quite an entertaining game. Uh, West Ham have gone off the boil a little bit. Uh, they, uh, I mean, they're without uh, Declan Rice uh, and uh, Antonio, but they do have Messi Lingard, um, and he's been the the revelation that's really lifted them up to the top four. I mean, they were doing all right; they were having a, a good season anyway, and it was a very astute uh, piece of business by David Moyes to uh, get him on loan because he hadn't kicked a ball for United, I think, all, all season. And he's been an absolute revelation. I mean, uh, you United fans on here, Craig and Ross, I mean, you're absolutely gobsmacked at his performances, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, we never saw this at, um, at uh, Old Trafford. I mean, he had his moments. He had moments at Wembley. I remember him scoring a, uh, a spectacular goal at Wembley. He, he, you can see, um, Bob, you can see he's, he's totally a confidence player, isn't he? Yeah. And, and you know, he is, when, when he's... He when he doesn't feel it, it doesn't come. And obviously, he feels it and more <laughs> at West Ham. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's a question of the fit, isn't it? Uh, not just the position, but where he stands in the pecking order of the club. And at West Ham, he's a star name. At United, he, he was one of the lesser stars. He was, you know, he couldn't even get in the side. And uh, his, his, his season just, well, it didn't happen, did it? Was he goes to West Ham, Jesse Lingard and I played in the World Cup for England. And he was just given that free role to, to roam through at will almost. And he, he has literally done that, picking up the ball 20 yards inside his own half and running right through the defence and scoring a perler. I mean, we never saw this before. So, But he hasn't scored, I think, in the last couple of games. So maybe he has gone off the boil, which would be bad news. But it's going to be an interesting test for, for him uh, against the Chelsea defence under Thomas, Thomas Tuchel, uh, which has been uh, stiffened of late and uh, all to play for. But here again, I'd just like to make the point, West Ham, if this, it's not going to happen because the uh, UEFA plans are not until the 2024 season. But if this was 2023, West Ham could actually finish above Liverpool in the league and Liverpool would qualify for the Champions League under based on the history. new rules. Based on the coefficient, but Liverpool obviously having won it and been in the final in recent seasons. Now that is what it has come to. And that is as it stands now. That's been agreed. So Des is right. With, you know, it, is, it is really too late. But they are trying to claw this back. UEFA are now saying that we bent over backwards for you guys, and even that wasn't enough. And now we're going to review these rules. So they might even get that back and get it off. They've got three years to do it. Yeah, we're, we're signing Des up for next season because there'll be a lot of moaning next season. <laughs> back, back for this one. Hey, just, hey, it seems quite good, that rule. I like that rule. Yeah, we'll keep just, that one. <laughs> Jesse Lingard uh, is, is en route to becoming the best loan signing in Premier League history. Literally, just based on his stats. I'm not even counting the, the video he put out of him dancing to Billie Jean. Did you see that? It was really, really good. <laughs> but, uh, um, all right, Chelsea, it's a big season, Craig Marias, for Chelsea. Um, they're, in a, they're still in a lot of competitions. Thomas Tuchel can actually bring silverware, which would make it a superb first season. So they're going to take this one seriously, aren't they? Yeah, they will. Um, like, um, like Bob said, you know, it's a, it's a big match for them. Um, they've been on this amazing run. You know, we talk about West Ham and how well they've done. Um, Chelsea under Tuchel, um, take, take away that West Brom uh, match. 
um, that they've actually done really well, yeah. you know, from a defensive point of view. Don't score that many goals, but they, they're good at, at getting out the, the, the results. They're grinding it. Um, and, you know, when Chelsea fans look back on it, you know, sentiment aside, um, this was the right move. This was the right choice uh, by the higher management um, to make that call to, to replace Lampard. Um, and, and look where it's got them. You know, they're, they're in a really good position, mouth-watering um, tie in the in the Champions League as well. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those where yeah, they're not going to... I can't see them winning silverware. But if this is a two-year thing for Tuchel, you know, can I see them with that squad that he has? Yeah, I can. You know, I think he will eventually get the best out of Werner. Um, he hasn't yet. Kai Havertz seems to be um, a player uh, that, that we talked about last year. He seems to be slowly coming into it. So maybe, you know, in his second, third season, you know, you can see the best of him. But does he have time? Uh, that, that's the big question every Chelsea manager needs to ask. You know, will yeah. I have time to build the squad that I want to compete for the, uh, for, for the, for the Premier League? Um, and, and, if, and if that's the answer, then, um, then, then yeah, then why not? You know, um, if they give him the time, they give him the resources, which, he, you know, there's been a lot of investment into that squad. Um, but if, if they give him further investment into that, can, can he do the business? I think he, he probably can. I'm not his biggest fan, by the way. I'm not a big Tuchel fan, but he's managed to do really well so far. Um, I, I, I think this is a really tight game. You know, I can't call this, you know, West Ham still on that, riding that high wave. Um, Chelsea, you know, on a decent run. Uh, but I, I feel fancy an upset here. I'm going to go with West Ham. All right. Matteo Kovacic is injured for Chelsea and, and West Ham will be missing Craig Dawson. Uh, he's suspended. Mikel Antonio and Declan Rice also out. So that those are three massive players. Um, it kicks off at uh, half past midnight, that one. West Ham against Chelsea. On Sunday at 9pm, Leeds United in 10th against Manchester United in 2nd. A rare week, midweek, where Man United were not in action. So either they've gone off the boil or they'll be well-rested. I don't know. But uh, Marcello Bielsa, the last time these two teams met Des Corkill, Bielsa kind of played into Ole's hands. They were, Leeds were really attacking. They made chances, but they lost 6-2. So uh, do you reckon it'll be a different kind of Leeds approach this time? I've got, I've got to say I was very impressed with Leeds against Liverpool um, in uh, earlier this week. Um, they were second best in the first half, but they were very much on top in the second half. And it was it was a, a team that was was shorn of of some of its um, star players. Uh, Rafinha wasn't playing. I, I don't know if he's if he's back this week. They they have matured. Um, many of us. I mean, we've enjoyed Leeds. They've been great fun. But now they're getting into the the top um, top ten. And they've not let up their pace. They're winning. I think they're on a five-match unbeaten run. They've beaten Man City with 10 men. They got that draw against Liverpool. Uh, they, they, didn't, they, they got a draw against Chelsea as well. So they're competing uh, genuinely with the top teams. And we're not surprised by it anymore. Uh, Bielsa, I think, deserves immense credit. This uh, 4-1-4-1 uh, formation works. Bamford has been uh, excellent up front. Calvin Phillips, to me, is the man that is so important to them. He's kind of like... Um, the third centre back when the when the when the fullbacks go uh, raiding forward, so yeah, Leeds I think are here to stay. I'm still not sure if Bielsa's signed up for next year. Uh, uh, Leeds fans are praying that he is, um, but not, they've turned into a very very good side. Uh, they, they were always entertaining and we always thrilled on their hard work. But they're organised, they're disciplined, they're scoring goals, they're getting wins. They're coming from behind, as in uh, um, they're getting results when they, when they go down. But lots to like about Leeds, which is so, so strange to say. Yeah. Um, if, if Liverpool fans have seen too much of, of John Henry, then United fans, the opposite with Joel Glazer. I think he's, he's spoken once in 16 years. And when he came out, he said he wants to rebuild the relationship with the fans. I don't know how you rebuild something that's not there. But <laughs> as far as the football goes, Bob Holmes, Leeds can do United a bit of damage. I know United have got a bit of a buffer now in second, but there'll be goals in this game, right? Uh, yes, you like to think so. Uh, only we've said that before. <laughs> and, uh, it's ended up being nil-nil. Um, but uh, 
yeah, given given the shakiness or relative shakiness of uh, the two defences, I think that there could well be goals in this. And I kind of fancy Leeds. Um, I mean, revenge will be on their minds. That was a bit of a humiliation, wasn't it? The 6-2, uh, their biggest of the season, the biggest defeat of the season. They've got a zero goals difference, Leeds, which tells you a lot about them, <laughs> actually. I mean, there they are in 10th place, okay, halfway up the table. But, you know, it's quite rare to have a zero goals difference when, you, when you're a good side, you know, uh, when you've beaten some of the, some of the big boys. Um, yeah, I think that uh, defence is, is perhaps uh, their weaker point. Um, not totally convinced by the keeper either. Um, I was surprised yeah, to learn that he was six feet five inches tall. Wow. He's what? always looked, it looked a bit slight yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't um, look six five. And doesn't look actually... too... Yeah, it uh, doesn't look too commanding uh, <laughs> when when a corner comes over, does he? Um, so I, I think we'd better check that. Somebody, somebody can Google that now. But I read, well, I, I read I, that. I'm six, six four, I get. Six four. Well, there you are. <laughs> yeah, okay. but still, I mean, makes no difference. He shrunk a bit. Bielsa's belittled him a little bit. <laughs> but the way he plays, wow. I mean, with the accent of Leeds, I mean, they know. They know that they are uh, when they take the field. They know they are all going. They're going for goals. Um, they don't sit back. Um, so they know uh, that the emphasis are, is on attack. And um, I think United. I mean, it won't. It won't be as obvious as it was in the first game when they came a cropper with a six-two. But I think that still their uh, DNA is attack. And uh, this could be a very interesting game and uh, a good test for United. And I wonder which goalkeeper uh, will play. Yeah. Reminds me yeah. of uh, when England used to choose between uh, Ray Clements and Peter, Peter Shilton. Yeah. And it, that's, that doesn't work, you know. Um, the, the, the manager is paid to make a decision and pick the best keeper. And if he doesn't know, then, you know, he should be. He shouldn't be there. He should I'm, know who the best keeper is between. Bob, those two. Bob, this is a this is a question that I mean, th this kind of thing just keeps coming up from from the media. I think it's pretty clear that Dean Henderson plays in England, and uh, and and uh, David de Gea in Europe. Uh, okay. I think that's that's been made pretty clear over the last month or so. Right. Let, 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 yeah, but, is, it, that, but is, that, is that right though? Either is that is that the way to go? I mean, uh, both are. are coming to the business end of the seasons. Well, if, uh, if United well, if get to the final... Player, we wouldn't be talking about it. Mm. No, but if, you, if you're United get to the final of the Europa League, you want your best keeper, don't you? It will be De Gea playing in the Europa League final. And anyway, uh, Leeds, Man I mean, United... We see, sorry, sorry, we see this with City and, and no one says anything about that. Stefan playing in the FA Cup. Yeah, he's going to play this weekend in the Carabao Cup final as well. Uh, which we'll talk about right after the break. Uh, Leeds Man United, Sunday, 9pm. Uh, final break. See you after this. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are. Uh, some of the other EPL games over the weekend. Sheffield United already relegated. Take on Brighton. Brighton could actually boost their goal difference to one or two. <laughs> that one is Sunday at 3 a.m. Wolves against Burnley. I want to bring Des in on this one. Quick word. Wolves against Burnley, for me, are two very... Tech well, Burnley... Are an uh, exciting attacking side, Des. I look at you. I stare at you. Yeah, yeah I think the Super League, uh, the SL, has got uh, to you a little bit much there. Um, <laughs> I think Burnley. Oh, if Fulham can get a result, Burnley are still, still yeah. touchable. You know, they um, are the ones now, not Brighton. Yeah, I thought they were a little bit unfortunate against Man United. Uh, United got the the, the three-one win, but uh, uh, Greenwood's second goal was one of those deflections, and that tells you that. 
things are going United's way, but they're going against Burnley. Um, uh, Fulham, if they can stop conceding 97th minute equalisers or if they can actually stop <laughs> to pick up a, a point or here. That 97th minute equaliser now was devastating for Fulham because yeah. they will have been on a real, real uh, charge momentum. But I think Burnley are still in a bit of jeopardy. I hope they're in jeopardy because I hate the way they play. Um, <laughs> So unfair. So Listen, if, if they were a championship team playing in the FA Cup against the Premiership team, I'd be full of admiration. I'm not full of admiration because they're a Premiership team who are still just lumping it up a la Parks football. Play it up to the big man, get into the channels. Very, very good. But if you're, if you're earning the kind of money that you're getting and you have a duty of care to, to entertain earlier in the season, then I've just hated the way Sean Dyche has gone about this. All right. Uh, Big Sam's West Brom have probably gone flat now. They were beaten 3-0 against Leicester Thursday night, early this morning. They are uh, away at Aston Villa, who are 11th, Monday at 2 a.m. All right, then, uh, very quickly, uh, not much time left. We've got the Carabao Cup final. Man City against Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to get you to do City, Craig Marias. Uh, Zach Steffen, we heard, is going to start. Um, you've got John Stone suspended, but surely Foden, the jewel in the crown, he has to play, right? Yeah, um, 100%. I think uh, Bob touched on it earlier. You know, he's fulfilling the promise that we knew he had. Um, and and I think a little bit of credit has to be given to Pep in terms of the way he he held him back a little bit. I think he received a bit of criticism for him not playing him enough. And it's even happened this season, to be honest with you. I mean, we all thought naturally, um, as soon as uh, David Silva left, you know, be Phil Foden um, into that starting lineup from the, from the off. Um, but if you look at his appearances um, in, in the Premier League, especially, hasn't really, he hasn't really played a lot of games. I mean, when you, when you think about the likes of, uh, Edison, De Bruyne, mm. um, Diaz, you know, um, he hasn't really ha uh, had a lot of starts, um, which is which is interesting. But what that also does mean is that he's really fresh and every time he gets given a chance, you know, he's, he's eager to impress. Um, and, and I think right now, in the, over the last, you know, two, three weeks, we, we've seen a player in a rich vein of form. Yeah. Um, you know, he's assisting goals, he's scoring goals, crucial goals as well. I mean, let's not forget the Champions League um, against Dortmund um, and the goals, uh, the two goals that he scored in both those legs. Um, and he, I, I am so certain that this, this kid will be, uh, you know, um, in the next few years, progressing to be a world-class player. I mean, we're going to talk about this kid um, like we do uh, with the likes of Haaland, Mbappe, uh, De Bruyne, we, we, we'll be putting him into that kind of... He's the new Gascoigne for England. Yeah, yeah. He, That's the closest. He, yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I hate I hate putting labels on, on players because oh, you know, I we love said it. the same thing when we said the same thing <laughs> when Wayne Rooney burst onto the scene. Um, and, you know, and, and I don't think he'll create pressure for this, for, for Foden, because yeah, I think he's, yeah. he knows how good he is anyway, you know, that everyone's talking about him. But... Um, I, I just feel he's <clears throat> over the next few years he's going to make that step up into being you know world class uh, into that world class category where he's consistently performing. For 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 the neutral like me, I like Phil Foden because he obviously he's he's not interested in fashion and, and silly haircuts. He just concentrates on his football, and that's already massive. Um, <laughs> If, if the Carabao Cup final is, is based on manager experience, Bob Holmes, then 29-year-old Ryan Mason would lose 20-0 probably. <laughs> he's come yeah. in. He's the interim. There's actually no, no pressure on, on Ryan Mason. Uh, he, used, no. he used to be a, a squad player for Spurs. Uh, injury cut his career short. I was surprised that he was only still only 29. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, for Spurs, though, going into this one, the big question mark is over the fitness of Harry Kane. It always has been for Tottenham. <laughs> yes, nothing new there, is there? <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll play some part. Uh, uh, yeah. I think you can more or less guarantee that question of whether he starts or whether he comes on. Um, he's actually recovered from this latest injury a little bit quicker than we thought. We were afraid he might miss the Euros yeah. when, when he sustained it. But this, the big story here, yeah, is, of course, Mourinho not being there. 
and it's deprived us of one more clash between Pep and Jose, which would have been worth seeing, I think. Uh, Jose would have, would have had this date in his diary for a couple of months now and would have been plotting how he was going to pull one over uh, Pep, uh, his great rival. And uh, we, we're not going to see that, unfortunately. Um, but uh, Ryan Mason actually played in the team that uh, last won a trophy for Spurs. And in that team was Gareth Bale. Wow. So, uh, yeah, they were teammates. And Bale is um, older than Ryan Mason. Ba <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mason sustained a, a very bad head injury, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And that's why he had to pack up. Um, I think it's a, it was a skull fracture yeah. hmm. and um, he, he was told uh, that, you know, better pack it up now when he was, when he was at Hull, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't quite make the top level. Uh, he was a, he was a decent player. Mm. Did, he, did he play for England? Did he get capped by England? I think he, he was he, chosen. He, he might have got a cap. He yeah. was in the squad, I think. I think he, yeah. he went through that period. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, I mean, it's worked out well for him. I mean, uh, the, the, they say that the reason Jose was sacked, well, of course, they fell out. He, he and Levy fell out. But uh, the reason they did it uh, then was because it would have made it a lot harder to sack him if Jose had won the trophy. You can see the logic in that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, it's de deprived of us of that but um it may be a better game because of it because we know what jose would have done yep, yep. it would have been a question of how many buses he would have parked um whereas there's a chance that spurs might actually attack a bit more in this so i well i mean you have to say city of favorites um overwhelming favorites um it's it's pretty hard uh, hard to to say against them but it would be quite a romantic story if spurs were to do it so, who do you fancy, Jess Corkill, in this European Super League derby match? <laughs> very, very good. Uh, I love the idea of a romantic story. Uh, Tottenham being the romantic yeah. underdog. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, uh, Not so, since Ricky Villa ran in that FA Cup final. That, that was when that Tottenham still wasn't romantic. the best goal of that game, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Manchester City's to lose uh, because of all the expectation, but they, they, they lost at Wembley last time out against the team who made life difficult for them. Um, if they are playing, um, uh, if Tottenham do decide to, to attack, great. Uh, I, I, I like that idea. If they play Stefan in goal, I do think that is a, a slight weakness for them. Not a huge weakness, but a slight weakness in that he's not quite as decisive coming off his line as uh, Edison is and that's very much part of how Manchester City play. So that there could there could be an upset on the cards. It could be six nil City, or there could be an upset of of, of Tottenham uh, getting the romance, and uh, that would just make Arsenal's season complete if Tottenham went and won a trophy. <laughs> all right, brilliant stuff. Man City Tottenham is Sunday, eleven thirty p.m. That's all the time we have. So thank you, Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. And Des Corkill. Don't forget, there's local football on as well. Malaysian Super League takes place this weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. Speak to you on Monday. Bye now. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.